love me at the same time damn, damn, damn. I guess I'm everything and nothing at the same time I'm sorry in advance if I let you down I'm a rolling stone Hey, kings and queens, welcome back to the Thing About Us podcast. I am Willie, and this is the pull-up. But before we get started, I want to do a quick shout-out. I want to give a shout-out to Deb, the owner of Goddess Massage Boutique here in Louisville, Kentucky, for a dope experience. I did a two-hour session with a hot stone therapy. Debbie... Deb was able to work out all my knots while giving me a relaxing experience. She truly has the hands of a goddess. Thank you, Deb. You can find the Goddess Massage Boutique on Facebook under the Massage Lady or go to her website, which I will list in the show credits at the end of the show. So, today I am uh, decided to do a pull-up episode. And for those who is new to the thing about us every now and then I do a pull-up episode. The pull-up episode runs a little bit different than the episodes I do with uh, me and Fee. The pull-up episode is more like a uh, <clears throat> no-hose bar, kind of get things off your chest in a um, safe space for the men. So with that being said, I am joined today by Flan of the What Is the Flan What Is TWS podcast, resident Big Brother of the Big Brother Vice podcast, and Joe by the Joe Bo Talk by Joe podcast. Hey, what's up, fellas? What up? Hey, what's going on? Going. Sorry about that. Got a little tongue tied. I'm sorry, my allergies is acting up, so my mucus is a little bit uh, extra today. <laughs> How y'all doing? I'm good. How's everybody? Doing great. Good, good. Okay, so how was your week? How's your mental health? Everything's good on this end, thankfully, by the grace of God. You know, busy week, but... Got things done. I'm good over here. How's everybody else? Man, I, I'll admit it's, it's been a little bit of a, a struggle uh, recently. I've been working a lot with the podcast thing and just, you know, hit one of those moments where I felt a little overwhelmed. But yeah, I'm coming back. Joe? I'm good. Good. Uh, everything good. Just uh, been super busy with uh, podcasting and I have a bunch of stuff going on and sorry i lost track today of i was sitting down on the couch man i was about to like uh i saw j dot's uh tweet or his uh his message and i'm like oh i'm gonna start uh you know throwing it out there and then i get a message from you and i hey are you good i'm like what <laughs> oh, man. but no i'm good mental health is good man just busy that's all you know trying to trying to get things going and but the little bit of time that i have sometimes so yeah, uh, yeah, Big Brother wanted me to send out the signal, but Flan's Batman, and we had discussed <laughs> what your role was in the Justice League. <laughs> so, 
I kind of I kind of looked at him as like the Green Lantern. Okay, so you know. so the Green Lantern. So next time I'll I have a green ring ready to go. <laughs> yeah, you know, Will is the Superman. I kind of look at myself as the Aquaman. I just I just submerge every once in a while, come up out the water. <laughs> Honestly, you 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 more like the Morgan Freeman of podcasting. <laughs> we just look for the voice. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you. So, uh, I brought y'all here today because I I, I want to have a an open discussion. So I I want to start with this question: Is uh, how's everyone's patience? How how are you able to deal with other people's mentality? Um, for me, my patience is you know is always a work in progress. And as far as dealing with everyone else, it's more of kind of like I said in the last episode, sometimes it's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people just like to provoke you and they want to be the protagonist. So I just remind myself, it's not worth it. And if I am going to say something, I'm always mindful. Mean what you say, say what you mean. And like I also said, you know, those who are not on my level, I teach. Those who are on my level, I debate. So I kind of remember those type of things. And also where it says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. You know, sometimes people are just making a fool of themselves half the time. Mm-hmm. So when I keep that in mind, that helps keep my temperance and my patience that, um, together. I know for me, it's, it's, a, it's a really big struggle. Um, I was told a while back I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. And, uh, and more in the sense, not that I... I try to be perfect, but um, I have a hard time accepting when people don't adhere to rules or step out of what my expectations mm-hmm. you know, are for them. And uh, luckily, you know, in, in recovery with my sobriety, one of the things I learned is that I have to have to look at other people as if, you know, they're sick just like me. And if, and if I'm, if I want forgiveness, I have to be willing to forgive. If I want, you know, people to understand me, I have to be willing to understand. So I try to, I try very hard uh, to live by those things, but it's it's difficult for me. Mm. For me, it's uh, I've developed the patience over time. And when I was a lot younger, it was a little different, but now I kind of understand that you have to deal with. Not everybody is the same, you know, coworkers and people that you meet. So you have to have some patience because not everybody's going to take things the right way. Not everybody's going to see this, you know, not going to see it, how you see things and people get frustrated and people are frustrating. You know, I get frustrated too once in a while, but uh, just working on the patience and just kind of stopping, putting yourself back a little bit and just going, okay, am I overreacting? Mm -hmm. I need to have a little bit more patience. Am I, am I not saying things right? Should I say, should I work on the way I say things? Mm-hmm. That way the other person can understand. Uh, maybe their reaction is different. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, patience to me is, uh, I'm, I'm working on having a little bit more, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty good with it. Uh, I agree with all three of y'all because that's, that's exactly what I go through every day, especially is what you're saying, Joe, is, uh, 
do I need to work on how what I'm saying? Am I not being direct enough or do I need to be a little bit more finesse about what I'm saying or how I'm saying it? And then at the same time, you, you kind of sit back and you look, it's like you still, you 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 just not getting this. And then that that's where the frustration comes in where you're just like, man, I, do I cuss them out or do I just walk away or do I just keep working? <laughs> do, do I keep working at this? But I... I totally get it. I I do. My, I know my. I mentioned you know last episode my my patience. I think the older you get, your. They say the older you get, the, the more patient you are, but it seems like the more older I get, the less patience I have. And then I always thought I had. I always thought I had great patience. Then I got married. And then there was kids. And I was like, yeah, this, I'm never going to quit smoking. Because this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is an eternal battle that I'm I'm not winning. And I, I realized I, I just, it was something else I had to work on. Because it was something that I, I didn't have control of that I thought I did. Which I, I think that's just part of just being human. You know, just growing learn learn learning learning about yourself but that, that was interesting um let me ask y'all this why do y'all feel like we get emotional after a certain age is there a certain event that happens or do y'all just feel like what once we hit a certain age that 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 hardness kind of starts getting a little softer. Man, Why do we get? Uh, <laughs> I know having having my daughter definitely like like that that triggered a lot of you know, my emotionalness. Whatever you know these days, and I also think like the older you get, like uh, the stuff that you care about, you know, becomes it becomes real clear. Like you know you. You start to not certain things don't bother you a lot, but mm-hmm. the the few things that mean something to you, you know, become you know that much more important. And then when things, when something touches on those few points, uh, you know, I think it tends to draw more emotion. Just because you you're not so focused on a million different things, you got three or four things, family, whatever that that are important to you. And when anything comes into conflict with those things, you know, it's going to draw out a a different response the older you get. Okay. Okay. I kind of see it as um, <clears throat> after you work through some issues with yourself and you can start seeing yourself a little bit more clearer and kind of just like he just, you know, J. Dot said, you know, and you start to prioritize what's important in life and what's pri- um, priority to you, you know, that emotion comes up to you. But I really think once you really work through some things, it helps you just to get a little bit more clarity in your life. And those important things are what make that rise up on you. And you become a little bit more compassionate when you've seen some things in life and seen some people go through things in life. And when you brought and when you've come out of some emotional stagnation or some emotional hard times, it's kind of like that that great feeling of empathy. 
I might not have the same experience, but I kind of remember how it felt to almost be in there or feel like you. So it's like almost like a muscle memory. You're I look at it as like an emotional memory, like, dang, I really feel that. And that kind of wells up in you and holds you tight. So you can be a little, little bit more compassionate with people and hopefully a little bit more compassionate with yourself. Hmm. Yeah, I feel for uh for me it's uh I the older you get, I feel like you look back and you're like, damn, you know how time flew, you know what I mean? And I feel like there's sometimes you know, because we're human, right? I feel like there's there's times where you wish you could have done a little things a little bit different and you feel like <clears throat> I wasted all this time. And now I'm getting way older. Your kids are getting older and you feel like, man, I'm, you know, 50, 60 or whatever. And it just feels like, you know, I mean, we are, it's like we're going away. You know what I mean? And to me, that's what getting older feels like. I feel like, you know, I, man, I could have started a little bit, you know, started on, on whatever I needed to do, started on it a lot sooner, but you know, that's the, that's the way it is. You know, we live and learn and, not everything turns out how you want it. So you have to modify yourself as you go to try to, to be the best uh, version of yourself. Right. And not to try to look at the mistakes that you've done in the past, but look at what the changes you can do now. But that's, that's basically how I, you know, the older I get, it's like the, the older my kids get, it's like, Oh man, I'm getting old. I mean, <laughs> you, you start. Yeah. You start. It, it starts coming together for you. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, for me, I think it started, I think it started during the pandemic when I started really like taking that look in the mirror and really just, you know, seeing me breaking down the layers, you know, trying to figure out who I was and who I am and who I should be or who I could be or who I want to be. And then you, you, you start seeing things different. You really start seeing things different. I remember I started reading a book. I actually started reading it again this week. Um, a book about Jason Wilson, cry like a man. And I read the book. I did the audio, the audio version. And I read it at work, and for about an hour and a half, I was just walking around crying. Because the last, it was like the last hour on the stuff he was speaking about with his mother and his father, it resonated in me. So it, it, it really hit home. And it was just crazy because the name of the book is Cry Like a Man, and I'm at work crying collars all wet and 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 wrinkled up because i'm trying to you know wipe the tears for somebody and you know family i was just like i was just like fuck it i'm just gonna just let these tears because it it it, it, it makes sense and then after that it was like everything started making sense and then it started hitting me different because i started respecting it for what it was you know getting older my mom getting older, uh, being in love, 
me becoming who I am. And now it's like J Dot said, I there's certain movies I just watch it by myself because I can't <laughs> I'll watch it in the dark, you know, because it's just like I can't I can't do this. Because too many things are starting to make sense to where it's really it really hits home. And then I I think for a lot of men, so I heard is 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 when they do have that daughter or son, that that emotional attachment changes something in a man. It doesn't it doesn't make them softer. It's just emotionally, you have this attachment that 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 is a part of you. Those two little legs running around the house, turn your turn your shit up and eating up all your food, that's you. But at the same time, you you see yourself in them. So that emotional attachment is way different than anything else that you would experience in life. So I, I can see why men do tend to get more emotional as they get older. I also feel, uh, what's up? I was saying, it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, uh, prior to my daughter being born, like, um, it was a major concern around, you know, my family members, my wife and everyone that, like, I wasn't going to be uh, affectionate, you know, toward my daughter. Like, I I had a reputation for being very cold, very stoic, mm-hmm. very unemotional, and people were really, like, worried that I wasn't going to be able to show this little girl, like, the, the affection that a daughter, that a father is supposed to show his daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was worried myself. Like, it was completely justified in that. And it was the moment, you know, the moment I saw her and we had that skin-to-skin time that first time. Like, you know, that's that's my little girl. And I can't, I can't watch movies now with, like, you know, dads or, or kids and stuff. Any sort of, like, a heartwarming scene between a father and a child, like, it's, it's over. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not going to the theater and sitting next to another dude crying no more. It's not happening. <laughs> you got to warn me that kind of scene in a movie. But I, for me, I think for me, like I don't know if if y'all can agree with this. Like the first time Fee see me cry was when we got married, and I think that happens to all men. They, I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do that. Then for some reason, you get this big ball of emotions. I don't know. It's because you think that now you can't do what you want to do no more. Uh, you, <laughs> that grocery bills not going to look, look the same no more. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it, this is it. I don't know what it is, but we just, we, we fall apart on that altar. We get to speaking those, you know, the, um, your vows and stuff. And like me and Fee, we actually wrote our vows. So it, it was like, Nah, I can't do this. But at the same time, I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice. It, I, I, I think, what's up? No, nah, I was going to say maybe, and this is just, you know, you know, the being vulnerable, you know, mm-hmm. being seen for maybe feeling seen for the first time, you know, whether it's you holding your child for the first time, and even though it's a baby, this baby is seeing you for, you know, 
you're being seen. You know that your vulnerable spot is being seen with the baby, you know, like with the marriage or when you've done the work and you look at yourself for the first time and see you as you are. And then, you know, it just wells up, you mm -hmm. know, those tears come sooner yeah. or later. You know, I think every person and every man has had a moment where they, for some reason, looked in the mirror and just started bawling. Cause you, mm -hmm. for that glimpse, you saw yourself for the first time, good, bad, or indifferent. Mm -hmm. Joe, what, what, I think that's something, what's up? I think that's something, you know, that, that, Men definitely go through because the majority of our, of our lives we have to we have to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. we have yeah, to, we yeah. have to appear a certain way. We have to appear strong, you know, for the people that we care about around us. We have to appear strong just to uh, defend ourselves, you know, against the rest of the world. And you don't get a whole lot of moments where you get to take the mask off, and uh, especially around another person and be seen. And uh, yeah, that's it's, it's a lot to deal with. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you actually like are unmasked, or you know, you have that moment in front of people. Like it's it's a uh, it's, it can be quite an emotional experience. I mean, hell, yeah. I mean, even outside of a funeral, that's the only time you maybe will see another man cry. And and even then, it was like a, it was it was the older people because they might have had more attachment to the person who had passed away. Yeah, and I don't know. I, at least, and this is just me speaking. I think sometimes when you cry. You just, you can see yourself as that little boy who still needed you or needed somebody, just that vulnerable spot in yourself or in life. And those tears just come. I, I think that's a lot of it. Yeah. I was going to ask, Joe, when, when was the first time your wife seen you cry? It was the day we got married. <laughs> it was the day he got married. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah, it was, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't planned or nothing. They're just. Well, sorry, I started crying. It was weird. Yeah, it it, it never is planned. It just like I said, I didn't have a choice. It was going to come. So it's either either you fight it and have snot snot bubbles, or you just let the tears, you know, run down. Flan, what I didn't about even you? Think of it, huh? No, I, I didn't I was, even. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jedi. Go ahead. No, no. Uh, I was going to say I'm, I'm I'm hearing that this this is obviously where I messed up at because uh, I didn't cry at the altar. I definitely cried when she left though. I think that might have been the first time she saw me like like really lose it, like lose it emotionally and just you know just ball. Um, so yeah, maybe I should have maybe I should have planned to cry when she was coming down the aisle. Maybe that'd have worked out better for me. I don't know. My mistake. You live and you learn. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. I know what I was about to say. That was, that was good right there. Yeah. So I was saying that I, uh, you know, I wasn't uh, pre-planning anything. You know, it's not like oh, I'm gonna, maybe I'm gonna cry right now. Maybe it's gonna happen. It was just weird, man. Just gonna go up there and then you say you, you know, I do and all this and boom, and that was it. I was like, what happened? Mm -hmm. Trying to stop a grand, a grown man from, you know, from crying is hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes it takes a while for you to like stop. You can't just stop. So it took me, you know, it took me about twenty minutes, and then I, I realized there was like a bunch of people looking at me. So I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I, th I, th I think I actually made a joke in the middle of my crying, just to kind of like, you know, give me time to get myself together. Just to get myself together, because I was just like, "Man," 
it came out of nowhere. Like he said, I was just reading my vows. The next thing I know, I'm reading, but then I'm making sense of what I'm reading. And it just, it just happened. What about you, big brother? Um, well, big brother is not married. Just, <laughs> <laughs> um, the first time I can really say that someone saw me cry, um, probably just a vulnerable moment, but more, I'll take it to myself. The first time I saw myself just really let go was just that, that moment of realizing that I had to get it together. Mm-hmm. I had to be there for me. I had to stop making excuses of what had happened in the past and this person didn't do for me and say, hey, we already know the history. Now let's cry this out and start being accountable for myself. And it was hard for me to see myself cry like that because I just saw just pain and stuff like that coming out. And when I've finally kind of pulled it together through that one cry, I can feel the decision in my mind. Like, yeah, I have to start holding myself accountable. You know, I can no longer lean on my mistakes because of what happened and things didn't go right for me. So I would say me looking at myself for the first time. Okay. And I'm I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Because I think a lot of that is what's been going on. What happened to me was me holding myself accountable you know, for, mm-hmm. for me being me. I, I was talking to a friend last night and she was telling me how she wish more men would cry in front in front of their their woman. And she was telling me how because when women see that, it brings out a nurture side of them. Which which can help a bond between that man and a woman, make it make it stronger. How how do y'all feel about that that statement about women wanting men to cry more in front of them? I I, I really hope that that's a that's a true statement and that that's you know the reaction you know that we would get. I think I think most of us at some point have been traumatized by by being vulnerable or having a moment of vulnerability in front of a woman and uh and, and being weaponized against you being used against you you know mm-hmm. once you, once you show that weakness uh, they know where to they know where to hit you mm-hmm. and it started for me uh you know you know young you know uh, my, my dad wasn't around and um you know there was again there was a huge concern around the, in my family about you know like me learning masculinity and me learning how to be tough and all that kind of stuff I think, you know, at, at a certain point, you know, uh, my mother was trying to discipline me as a, as a single mom. And I'm, I'm getting older. She knew one of my pain points was that. And so she would bring up stuff like, I don't know what kind of man you're going to be or I don't know what kind of father you're going to be. Like, she knew how to hit me in that spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think for a lot of guys, like, that, that just that creates a callus where you're like, I can't ever show uh, weakness, vulnerability, yeah. a weakness around women because they will definitely, well, I can't show it around anybody. But, you know, I definitely had some of those experiences that were specific to my relationships with women. So I would like to be in a situation where I feel like I could be vulnerable and I'm going to get that, you know, I'm going to get that support I need in the moment, um, you know, from the, the woman in my life. But 
there have been situations that have kind of made that difficult for me, and that's something I got to get past. Okay. Joe? So, I think, um, how can I put it? I think that women are very emotional. So I'm trying to word it right so I don't get destroyed later. <laughs> I think that women are, are more emotional than us because they have you know, hormones, right? And it's a little different for them. And it's up, up and down and all that. And I feel like they want us to be a little bit more like them. But we, we are different. You know, we we produce testosterone. So we were the things that make them cry. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to cry. You know what I mean? But they want us to be just like them. I feel like when, when you cry with your partner or when your partner sees you cry, I feel like they they think like they're you're bonding. You know what I mean, like you're, you're bonding more. And which, you know, it, it's it's not a bad thing to cry. It's just that it. Some people take it as a sign of weakness, which which is not. But us men growing up, uh, if you cry, you know, people usually will make fun of you or tell you tell you names or call you names and tell you why you're being a little girl, why you're crying. You know what I mean? So you grow up like that. Mm-hmm. But I think just for, for women themselves, they just uh, they just want us to be closer, be more emotional how they are. But I mean, it's tough, man. It's tough to be emotional. Um, because we're, you know, we're we're a little different. That's that's what I think. I th- I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I th- I think what she was saying is, if you with someone, as far as like your wife, we're talking about your wife. Let's say mm-hmm. if you with her, you should be comfortable enough to shed a tear, cry, boo hoo. Because that's your partner. That that's your life partner. Now, anybody else on the street or you at work, I get that. But I, f- now this is me talking. I feel like if it's your wife, girlfriend, soulmate, if that's your, if if that is your partner, then you should be comfortable enough, or should feel comfortable enough to where you you can cry in front of them, whether it's a movie. Or, you know, someone passed away, you stub your toe at the corner of the of the chair. It you know, you, you, you should feel comfortable. Outside of, you know, you being a man, you're human. And you got feelings and you have emotions. I mean you you we walk around with these emotions bottled up. And, I mean, you talking five, ten, three years of this bottled up emotions. That's not a path you want to go because at any moment you can just blow up on someone at the wrong time. And and you're, you're not dealing with your issues. That's how that, that's that, that's my take on it. What, what about you, bro? Um, of course, I, I'm gonna come in from the deep 
left turn of everything. <laughs> the people are like, can he swim in the shallow end? Um, <laughs> nah, do you? Nah, nah. Speak. Well, talk um, your talk. I, I look at it like this because from as early as we can remember, people say, what are you crying about? Stop all that crying. Be quiet before I give you something to cry about. So we carp- so we take that in as crying is a bad thing. And then men are like, oh, I can't cry because I need to stop that crying before I need I get something to cry about. There's no need to cry. You always crying. So you you kind of hold all that in. So that kind of stifles you right there. And then you move on. And then people have to realize. Even soldiers come off the battlefield every now and then for rest. But we are constantly on a battlefield as men. Like, I got to be this image of whatever my family has put on me or I put on myself so I can't cry. So I think that's a lot of stifling right there. And then when you talk about how women want to bond through crying, women are encouraged to be, to cry because they're encouraged to need some type of help or have someone help them. And us as men, we're always encouraged to be self-sufficient. So there's no need for you to cry. But at the same time, like you have to understand, like, Will, you just said, everybody needs to cry sometimes. Sometimes the man is frustrated or scared on how he's going to make his way or make his bills or take care of how his family, or sometimes there's a trigger that got hit. But just to wrap it up in this segment, I mean, with this point is that from the time you can remember, Someone has always told you stop that crying, and they don't. People don't realize you. You kind of put that somewhere. Stop that crying. You always crying before I give you something to cry about. Mm-hmm. But when cry, but if men can just really realize, crying is a release, and you need to release some of that to help you get stronger. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and to, to touch on that, like a funny thing, you know, for me is you know realizing that like for. For me, and I think this happens to a lot of men, like our our emotional intelligence gets stunted because we don't we never get taught or introduced to you know these emotions or or, or, or getting in contact with how you're feeling. Um, I remember doing marriage counseling counseling before my wife and I got married, and one of the activities they brought out this emotion wheel, and it had like it looked like it was like two thousand different little boxes with all these different emotions in them, and I was like, man, there are this many emotions. Like I know. I know happy, angry, sad. Like that's that's what I know. Like I didn't know there was like three hundred other different things I could possibly be feeling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just to know, like when you, there are situations where I probably was in one of those other squares and didn't understand it. And, you know, and then so it comes out as anger. Like I don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not happy. I know I'm not sad. So I guess I'm angry. And then that, you know, and that's how it uh, that's how it manifests because we're not we're not really taught to, you know, understand. How we feel, or even pay attention to how we're feeling. Just push through it. Just do what you got to do. You know, you know, stuff. Bills got to get paid. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Keep, it it yeah. Yo, keep it pushing. Yeah. Go keep it pushing. Yeah. All right. Um. Do y'all remember the story that I had told last episode about the um, hotel clerk? Um. Uh, <laughs> He was. I was trying to check into the hotel, and instead he he's eyeballing me, so I'm eyeballing him back, which is making me get defensive, because I'm like, dude, you making me feel like I'm some type of suspect walking in the hotel, you know. 
Do y'all do y'all find yourselves on the defensive side in in those type of moments? Like do do, do y'all feel like we overanalyze situations, our comments? You know, work said, "Hey, we we bringing in chicken and greens," and you like, "Why, why, why are we bringing in chicken and greens? Why, why, what? I don't even like greens. Are they collard, mustard? You know, well, they they we figure y'all like greens. Who's y'all? <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, I I noticed myself. I feel more. I've been playing more de- defense here lately. So what do have, have y'all came across this? I felt like this. Yeah, definitely, I, I think it's a product of you know the way a lot of us you know come up. You know, I, I can remember uh, being at a bus stop one day with a friend, and I think it was his uncle approached us, and his uncle you know looked at my shoes and was like, "Man, those are nice sneakers. Like, what size are those?" And I was getting ready to answer him, and my friend was like, "No, nah, don't don't do that." And that taught me in that moment, like, yeah, those little simple, innocuous questions, like, I have to be, I have to be on guard. What are you really trying to find out? I have to be on the defensive. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm not paying attention to just what you're asking me, you ask me about my shoes, now, you know, I'm, I'm ready to answer the question and not realizing I'm about to set myself up mm-hmm. for something. So, you know, I feel like I got to be on the defensive. I got to be looking out for the possible threat because they're, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, like, you staring at me too hard or you looking at something or you... You're not looking at me. Whatever it is, you know, I'm I'm trying to interpret it and figure out, you know, what is this? Is this a threat? Do I need to be prepared for it? Um, and that's just, that's just, you know, the, the way we were brought up, and, and and you being responsible for that. Like I remember being in places with my wife, and she just being oblivious to stuff. I think we were we were walking someplace in like Georgetown in D.C., and it was a guy across the street, homeless dude, like shadow boxing, and she's like, you know, and she wouldn't stop staring at him. What is he doing? What is he doing? Like, if he's not fighting you, don't look like, don't even look over there. Like, mm-hmm. if he's not bothering us, leave it alone. But like, she didn't have that awareness, like, how to, you know, maneuver in them situations. Like, that was purely supposed to be my job. And so, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's created a, a sense of defensiveness, you know, with me in the world and like, trying to make sure I understand everybody around me, what they're doing, what their motivations could be. And I find myself telling myself stories a lot. And now I'm angry at a person who hadn't said a word to me, but I've developed this whole story in my mind about who they are, yeah. what they doing, what they thinking, what they about to do. Mm-hmm. And we in conflict and we haven't spoke yet. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know nothing about them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe. I am. Um... I don't know, man. I mean, for me now, it's uh, I used to be a little bit more aggressive, and uh, you, know, you have to remember, you know, we're we are. Uh, there was a lot of uh, racism when I was growing up, just because of you know. I think I say a lot on my my podcast, but uh, you know, because I was a Mexican, not born here, you know, so I didn't speak any English or nothing, none of that. So you grow up defensive. Uh, and the defense, like you know how you put it, and you grow up like that, thinking that everybody's trying to put you down because of who you are, the color of your skin, and uh, the way you pronounce stuff, and that you're not good enough, right? So you grow up always looking at everybody's stuff, you know, like the way they're talking to you. Are they trying to make fun of me? 
Are they not trying to make fun of me? And then growing up, like it's hard. It was hard for me to understand like, if somebody was playing or not, because I still didn't get the. Is this is, wait a minute. Is this guy playing or are they not playing? Mm-hmm. So it it was. I was always. <coughs> I was always, you know, in the defensive side trying to, you know, and so I I started being a little bit more aggressive. And uh, now I I learned to just walk away, man. I just, you know what, let me let me talk to your manager. I don't have time for this. Um, I I try to steer away from everything, man, from people. You don't know, man. I mean, you do know, but I'm saying people don't understand that there's people out here that they'll they'll shoot you for the hell of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what people are packing and they're ready man and you just it's the wrong person you could you could get the wrong person and stare at the wrong person or and then that's it mm-hmm. you know so i i try to all the time when i'm with my wife I'm like oh this person's rude you know what let's just let's just go you know let's just go it's not i am not gonna deal with any of this stuff because i mean i grew up like that you know i grew up like always trying to defend myself for stuff that i didn't even know if i, if I was even defending myself for it mm-hmm. i just grew up that way and now I just kind of take the high road, just kind of go around. I don't even look. If people are staring at me or whatever, if they ask me a weird question, something weird where it's like, wait a minute, what? Uh, you know what, man? And I just I just walk away. That's just what I do now. Before, I would have been like, what the hell are you looking at? Or why would you say that? Or, or why are you talking that way? Or why are you being rude? Now I'm just kind of, I step away. I grab my family or do whatever. I just, you know what? I'll just go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. <clears throat> okay. Uh, for me, um, it's microaggressions. You know, once I really learn what a microaggression is, your sensors start to pick it up. And I'm very big on say what you want to say, but watch your tone. Mm-hmm. So it's almost kind of like my ear, like a dog can hear a whistle. I can hear a tone in a voice. So I can kind of pick up your intention of what you're saying to me or how you're saying it. Now, I had this one particular person who liked to call me homeboy. Mm-hmm. And the first time I was like, okay. Second time I was like, okay. And as it was forming out the person's mouth, the third time I walked up to them and I said, don't you ever refer to me as that again. And the other instance that comes up, it was, this person was always in a store. Every time I went in the store, this person would always give me a suspicious look. And one day when they did it, I just turned around and looked them eyeball to eyeball as to say, you figure out what I'm capable of. And then you figure out how you want to find out if I'm really capable of that. So I just looked at them and they finally broke the stare. And now to this day, this person speaks to me mm-hmm. every time they see me. Mm-hmm. So to live on a defensive, it's about, no, I'm going to break this down because I'm going to enjoy my life. But yeah, it's the microaggressions. And then a lot of times you're probably correct, but sometimes it's not worth proving that you're correct. Mm-hmm. But like Joe said, these people are crazy out here. Sometimes you do have to walk away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Now, now yeah, definitely now. Uh. What's the biggest fear you have as a father or being a role model? <laughs> I think for me. Okay. 
thought y'all fell asleep on me. I turned off the the mic for okay. a because it was getting louder in the background. But uh, uh, just what you know, just just failing, just failing to, and, and you can teach the kids all you want, right? You can try to guide them, you can try to show them what's right and wrong, but in the end, it's always their decision. Mm-hmm on what they're going to do, the mistakes that they're going to make, right? However, if you teach them the right way, right? And there's and there is no book on how to be a father, right? But if you teach them the right way, what are, you know, to be good human beings. Uh they're more likely than, you know, they're going to they're going to be okay. And to me it's it's failing that way where where my kids go the wrong way and do something that they're going to regret for the rest of their life. Like watching them get thrown in jail for a long time. And well, cause that that is, that is the worst feeling. I would feel like I would, I I would, I would be a, uh, I would fail them. That's what I would feel like Mm -hmm. that I failed my kids, you know, and that's my biggest fear as a father is, is um, bringing them into a society and, and watching them struggle like that for, for, bad bad choices i know they're gonna make mistakes and everybody does but uh sometimes you make the mistakes are not as big as it would if you know sometimes you gave them a little bit of guidance here and there okay i have a real fear of just like disappointing my daughter or her not looking at me the same you know i had a i had an experience when i was I was in rehab when she was like maybe two, two and a half. And uh, I remember talking to my ex-wife on the phone and it was during potty training and, you know, and I'm not there. And uh, she was telling me about, you know, her finally using the potty and, you know, her telling her how proud of her she was and that. And and she said, my daughter, you know, looked at her and said, daddy's not proud of me. And, uh, and like, and that just, that crushed me because I couldn't be there to fix that. Like I couldn't be there to tell her I was proud of her and to fix it. And, um, and I had another one of those moments just this weekend. And this is what I was talking about, you know, with a little bit of the struggles I've been going through with feeling overwhelmed. You know, I, I try to make everything. I made the joke, you know, on my show not too long ago that we used to make fun of this kid in high school who's a, his grandfather used to show up to all the, the competitions and games and stuff. And we, we made fun of him for having a support system because none of us did. That's it. You know, that was the way it, that was our way of, of getting ahead of it. He couldn't make fun of us because we was making fun of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just this Saturday, just yesterday, uh, <clears throat> I forgot. I completely forgot she had a soccer game, and uh, and I didn't show up. And I got the I got the call like midway through the game from her mom. You know, she was concerned and worried that you know that I wasn't there. Like I'm glad that they were worried that I wasn't there. That I've, I've made enough of a presence that people expect me to be at these things, and that me not being there um, was shocking rather than vice versa. And I, so I rushed out to meet them after the game, uh, meet them for, for tacos or whatever. And I'm just, I'm nervous and, and, and anxious that, you know, my daughter's going to be upset with me because dad wasn't there. And, you know, I saw her and I said, you know, I'm so sorry I missed your game. And she was like, it's okay, daddy. And she went right into, you know, daddy-daughter mode, right? And then this happened and this happened. And, whatever, you know, and I, you know, I had to, I got that relief that she was okay. But that's probably my, my biggest fear is, you know, my dad wasn't around never wanting to be to someone else, you know, never wanting to do someone else, you know, what that did to me. And uh, so and that's, that's one of the things I struggle with right now, you know, making sure that I, 
I don't repeat those mistakes. I I go before um Big Brother approaches the um the the pit the pulpit. Uh, for me, I I think it's repeating the cycle of what I went through or how I felt or what was said, you know, or what was, or what was not said. You know what I mean? That, that, that's my biggest fear is me actually catching myself doing the same stuff that my dad would say or do or not do. And that, that, that right there, that that shit hurts. Cause I see it, it's like, damn, you spend forty something years of your life trying not to be like them, and then you just end up being like them because you know uh, of the cycle. You know, you 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 carry it with you because you don't know how to deal with it. You don't go to dirt. You don't go to therapy. You know it's not broken down to you. On you know there's there's no book on how to be that parent. You know you kind of just do shit and then hope that <laughs> they don't run into the walls and you know you know hurt themselves. You know what I mean? So you kind you kind of just do shit to see what happens. You know, but it but it, it, it's the when you catch yourself saying or being dismissive of the of the things that you went through as a kid that that that's the thing that that that, that I fear you know because whether whether we realize or not they're watching us they're watching what we do they're watching what we say which is why we probably end up being like them even though we didn't want to be like them so you know you 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 catch that stuff you catch the mannerisms you catch the you know the the way they talk to your mom and the way they talk to your other siblings and the way they interact with their friends so you you pick up on that stuff so that that end up being part of your your trait of who you are so that I know that that's one thing that I've been working on myself is is making sure I'm paying attention to not keeping the cycle going. Okay, big brother, you can go ahead. Um for me it's more of a not to be a false narrative, you know, not to be one of those people who you know what how how the older people always say do as i say not as i do where i'm telling people oh you know i'm telling the kids i'm telling you know you know do this live this way but i'm none of that mm-hmm. and you know living with that you know you're just a false narrative so for me it's more of that fear of whatever i'm putting out make sure i'm living it type thing so it's more of a fear of like just making sure I'm not falling into being a false, you know, like a false person in their eye, in their eyesight. And just to kind of piggyback on what y'all said, you know, y'all don't want to disappoint. You don't want people to go astray. If Willie don't mind, I just like to ask the question of y'all who actually, you know, y'all, what, do you think some of that is also trying to heal what you felt 
as a child, you know, whether it be disappointment, whether it be, you know, fear of not turning out right, fear of, you know, not doing right. Do you think like that fear is also linked to you trying to heal like what you went through as a kid? I know for me, yeah, for me it was, you know, because I always said uh, years, years ago that I didn't want kids because I didn't, it, that was me trying to avoid being my father because I, I knew that was one of the reasons why me and my father didn't get along was because we act just alike on certain levels. So I caught that at a young age. So I always told myself, I'm not having kids because I don't want to put nobody else through the bullshit that I went through as a kid because then uh, you, you hear people talking about this. There was no talk about mental health going to therapy. You just, you a man, you just deal with the shit <laughs> and you, you, you keep going. You know what I mean? So, uh, that, that, that's definitely what it was or what it is, you know, for me to, to answer your question. I think it's the same for me. I, uh, I was definitely afraid of having kids because you know, I, I didn't have a dad around, so I didn't. I just I felt like I didn't know how to be a father. Or, you know, how was I going to do this? I don't have you know an example to to pull from. Somebody you know finally pulled me aside and was just like, "Man, you may not know what to do, but you definitely have a great example of what not to do. And so if you can avoid those things, you know, you got a good shot." But yeah, I know like uh, you know me trying to be there for everything and and uh, just the interactions I have with my daughter. It's definitely me, you know, trying not to be, not trying not to do to her what was was done to me. I can remember being a grown man and like asking my mom if she was proud of me, because uh, and it's not that she wasn't, it's not that she wasn't a good mom. She just she came from a place where, you know, she didn't know how to say that to a kid. She didn't know she was supposed to tell her kid, you know, I'm proud of you or you're good, you're good or you know, you know, she didn't know how to compliment. That's just not where she came from. And I definitely, you know, my father wasn't around, so he wasn't doing it. So I know with my daughter, you know, yeah, I'm, I may go overboard. Everything she does is great. You're the greatest, you know. I, yeah, I'm proud of you. I love <laughs> you. Tell, tell her every day, you know, to make sure that she knows. But yeah, like you said, a lot of that is me trying to, uh, me trying to heal, you know, what I feel like were the, the things lacking in my childhood. Just make sure I don't repeat those things and that uh, you know, I, I'm probably overcompensating for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with, I agree with it, all that stuff. You know, it, it's um, you guys, can you guys hear me good? Yeah, yeah we can. I can. Oh, yeah, we got you. Okay. Um, I I don't as a, I think as a father, you don't want you want your kids to be better than you. You know, and I had a good childhood. You know, it's really good. My parents never bought us anything that we wanted but we, they got us everything that we needed because we didn't grow up with a whole lot of money. And we had a really good childhood growing up. Mom, dad, grandparents, all that. I made all the mistakes on my own, you know, and I moved out of my parents' house, graduated high school, and, you know, ended up with just uh, making mistakes. You know, I made a lot of mistakes, and I want my kids to not, ha not, not to go through that. 
I want them to be better than me. Because my kids tell me, Dad, Dad, I want to be like you. You know, you're, you work hard and you're always trying to figure things out and trying to be the best at it and blah, blah, you know, all that stuff. It's good. You know, it's good that they think of me that way. But I tell them, look, I want you to be you. I want you to be the best version of yourself. I want you to be better than me because I don't want you to go through some of the stuff that I had to go through because of wrong decisions or because where I was born or because where I was from. I want you to be better. And um, that to me, that's, you know, that's what's what's important. You know, I just want them to have a, a, a good life. You know, it's never it's never going to be perfect, but I want them to to have a decent life, to be to be good people. That's all I expect them to be is if you need to I want you to be good people, be, be good to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, don't go around doing the wrong stuff to other people. Just be good. Have, you know, have a good family. And, you know, I don't I don't expect them to be lawyers and doctors and all that stuff. I just I just want them to be good mm-hmm. to uh, to one another. Damn, I forgot. I was I had something I forgot. Um did affirmations affect you affect y'all growing up? Has it has it if so, has it affected your manhood? Has it affected your relationships and with being a father? Yeah, I didn't come from a household where we uh we complimented much. Uh, a punishment for me and my sister used to be to make us hug. You know, it'd be like, mm. go hug your sister. <laughs> and we do the, the the quick, like, one finger on the back. I remember, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I hugged her. It's, it's in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I have, I do, I have an issue taking compliments to this day. I'm not, not good at taking compliments. I'm a, I hate when feed gets me gifts. I don't know why it makes me it makes me uncomfortable. When she like gives me like I got you I got you something I'm like 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 I'm I'm not offended but I'm like I'm thrown off. All right, I, th- I think Big Brother is here. Are you hearing Method Man as well right now? Yeah, I am. I'm looking at my phone. Is like yeah. Is it me? No, it it, it was all of us. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't want to be the, you know, the one soldier in the group. Like, what are you doing over there? Uh, <laughs> I was trying to put a little bit of background because you know we had been going for so long, so I was just trying to, you know, break up the the uh, the the the, the uh, white noise in the background. Uh, but it, it it throws it throws me off. I know. Uh, Even like when she gets gifts, yeah, I don't, I don't. It's okay, and, and I'm not one of those men's like, no, I only give you gifts type again. It, it is, it, it just kind of throws me off. Hugs throw me off. I'm not a big hugger. Uh, really? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. It 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 throws me off. Like even still, like it. I don't want to say I have to be in the mood. But it's like if you catch me at the wrong time, I'm gonna like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, Joe, Joe, you seeing this? I would, I would, Joe, you see? You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I play, I play offense and defensive line, and 
in high school, so I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. What the swim, like this. <laughs> yeah, the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Give her the husband down the hallway. Uh, but I know one thing that I, I had talked to Fee about was when I had got married, my dad never said, when I graduated, when I, when I, Went back to school, culinary school, got married, engaged, all that stuff. My dad never said, hey, I'm proud of you or good job. None of that. I mean, it wasn't even like no uh, uh, no uh, under-the-rug compliment, you know. Like, is that you? You know, you is that none of that. So even as a 30-, 40-year-old man, I'm still not used to affirmations. You know, like at work, I'm here to do a job. I don't need you to tell me I'm doing a good job. But don't wait until I fuck up and then say, hey, you fucked up when this whole time I've been doing a good job. You know what I'm saying? that That's when it kind of throws me off right there. But I, I'm, I'm still getting used to it. I think that's been like one that's been one of the positives about me being married is me <laughs> having to expect those affirmations from my wife. You know what I mean? Uh me having to learn how to give affirmations to the kids. And <laughs> I tell them, you know, I'm proud of you. Good job. I don't think I do it as much as I should. Because in my mind, if you go going to school and you making A's and B's, that's what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be going and making A's. I, I know. See, I, I know that that that's why you're here, big brother. I see you shaking your head. I've already I've already did school. I, this ain't for me. This is for you. Yeah, you you gotta live with this. But I'm a work I'm I'm a work in progress, um, big brother. So, and I'll just I'm gonna step away from the mic after that. We gonna let Je- we gonna let Joe jump in the pool. Go ahead, jump in that pool. Yeah, um, I, I think that. Are you, okay, so growing up, I didn't get much. My father wasn't much more. Uh, he worked a lot, so he wasn't like good job, good job son. Uh, my mother was uh, really busy, always working. So she, whenever she got to be like, hey, you know, you did really good, or you're doing you're doing good in school. Okay, um, I believe that. Um, like for instance, Willie, how he didn't have that. I believe that gives you an edge growing up. I believe that that gives you a, a big chip on your shoulder where you become sometimes you become super successful because you strive for a little bit more than somebody, for instance, like myself, right? That my parents were like, oh, they were always there and this and that. And they'll, they'll tell you, oh, you did a good job, you know, good, good job here once in a while. And you know, but when you don't get that, I feel like you push more. Mm-hmm. Like you push more because you're that hasn't been there in your life. And I feel like you you push a little bit more. And that's why you hear athletes, man, all the time. You hear it all the time, you know, basketball players, baseball players, you hear all the time, you know, I they never they feel like they never got the respect they you know they, they deserve or growing up was hard. Nobody said, Hey, good job, or hey, hey, you're doing good. So they looked for it for themselves. 
and they 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 they're the best players ever, right? And they still look for it because it's missing it. But it's like it's like that little bit pushes you to just work just a little bit harder than the next guy. That's what I feel like. I mean, I I have other things that I grab on, chip on my shoulder, but it, that's not one of them. It's like, you know, my, my childhood was okay. You know, it was, like I said, it was good. It was not a, you know, like I said, my father wasn't, uh, uh, he was a, a no and yes guy. I'll tell my mom, hey, mom, can I go outside? Tell your father. Okay. Hey, mm-hmm. dad, nope. <laughs> that was it. Mm-hmm. Hey, dad, yes. That was it, man. He wasn't much of a talker. Now he's, as we got an older and we've become more like friends and now we talk about everything. But when he was, when I was a little, a little boy, it was, uh, it was, my dad was a yes and no guy and he worked. And uh, so, but you know what I mean? But I ended up, but I, I was different. I did get the, you know, good job or you know, doing good you know, as, as I grew up, as, as I grew up and I, and I moved out. So Joe, uh, quick question. How, how old is your dad? If you mind me asking. My dad is 64. 64. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about my dad as he got older in his 80s. How he would, like, call me and he'd be like, hey, can you bring me some chicken nuggets from McDonald's? And I'd be like, no, I can go to Kroger's and get you some chicken nuggets if you want some chicken nuggets. I'm not going to Kro- I'm not going to McDonald's. To get you no nuggets, I'll make you some. You know, I like I will literally will prep his prep his food for him. But at the same time, I will have like a little bit of a chip on my shoulder because it's like so now, so now you feel like you need me when you getting close to the end. But where the hell was you at the the first forty years? Now, now, now you want compassion you need compassion but you 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 forget that there's a whole nother being on the other side of town that needs that compassion as he was growing to be a man i had i had a little bit of chip on my shoulder i did toward towards his end i, I felt i felt a little bit of uh, resentment that's the word i'm looking for i, I felt some resentment I, I i really did but, but i'm sorry Go ahead, go ahead, um, Jay. That. Now I say that the the biggest impact, like the affirmations or lack thereof, have had on me is is, is to this day. I, and I'll tell people like, if you want to send me down a spiral of depression, like pay me a compliment. Like I'm so unaccustomed to it, and it's so strange to me that if you tell me something good about myself, like my mind will do all the negative self talk to explain to me. Why, why you just gaming me right now? Why you you really <clears throat> laughing at me behind my back? Like, I will take that compliment and spin it into all the negative things I can think about myself. Mm. Uh, I'm just so unaccustomed, you know, to receiving them. It's not it's not a natural thing for me. So, uh, yes, again, like, like you were saying, big brother, like, I'm trying to do that stuff for my daughter because I just don't want her to end up in this space where you can't say something nice to her without it, you know, you know making her, you know, sad or, or feel bad about herself like I want her to to have those experiences I definitely want her to have you know that chip on her shoulder and, and uh, want to strive for, for things I'm not the participation trophy dad like everybody did a good job it's you know you showed up so great but um I still want her to to know her dad loves her and is proud of her and I have to wonder about those things as an adult you know sort of the way I did hmm. no and 
No, I definitely understand what everyone was saying. For me, they weren't, the affirmations weren't absent, but they weren't plentiful either. So for me, affirmation, it wasn't me so much not being able to accept them for myself. It was for me to believe it. Like I could accept it, but to me is a difference between like, okay, I'll accept your confidence, but uh, whatever you're saying, the good thing you're saying to me about me, but now let me lock it and believe it and add it to me, you know, and just to piggyback on what all y'all were saying, I believe it is important to give those things to your children and even to yourself now, because sometimes people just don't believe they're enough. Sometimes it's just not just an affirmation type compliment. Sometimes it's just about telling your child and telling yourself you're enough. You're enough. And you can just start with that little bit with your child and with yourself. I'm enough, you know, so I don't think I'm less than, I don't think I'm bigger than, but I just know when I say enough, that means I'm here, I'm present and I'm able and I deserve it. I'm enough. And then like Will was saying, you know, with the whole parents either in or out, whether they're busy with work or they were, or, you know, they weren't around altogether or they're in the household, but they're emotionally unavailable. I look at it as though, and this is a long learning process. I'm not saying like, pal, you should just know it now. With any parent, even with a mother, we have to remember sometimes everyone has a story. Everyone has a life that they lived. And by that, that might've taught them, I never got it. So I don't know how to give it to you. So sometimes when it's hard to look at your parent, sometimes you got to remember they had a story. It might not make you close. It may not never give you a strong bond, but sometimes to feel just a little bit compassion for them, you just have to remember they, they have a story too. But like I said, affirmations definitely, definitely are important. And it's important for us to learn how to accept it and give it to ourselves. You're enough. I was thinking the other day when I, when, when I had came up with this question, I, I started laughing at myself. I shit y'all not. It's difficult for me to have like those type of conversations with the kids. Do y'all, do y'all, cause I, I, I didn't get it. So it's kind of like, it, it'd be like me building a shed. Like, I don't know where to begin. I don't know. So do I just build a roof first and then the sides or do the doors go up first or I mean, do I use wood glue or should you I just, just look them dead in the eye and just say it? Yeah, I, I know. I know. But the funny part was of how difficult it is for me to. Oh, OK, that's that's what I'm saying. That, that it's the it's it's I found it funny that it's difficult for me to even try to attempt. To proceed to do that, even though I know I can, it's just like, where do how do I? How do I do this? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like it, it's it's a complete foreign concept, mm-hmm. and I've I've had to like read books on, you know, what you're supposed to say or what the appropriate response is to this or how you're supposed to, you know, build your kids up. And then uh, Elise has a habit; she'll send me voice messages on the little Alexa thing, and I like those because that I will literally practice my response before I, I respond back. Like I'll say it out loud to myself a couple of times, like make it sound natural. Cause I might just be repeating a phrase I read in a book that didn't come from me. 
but I feel like this is what I need to say to her and like make it sound natural. I have to sit there a couple times and like rehearse or I hit record and, and send her the voice message back. So I get it. It's a complete foreign concept to me. And like it, it takes it takes work for me to build the muscle to be able to, all right, this is how I need to approach her or this is what I need to say. Because uh, it's, it's not just naturally there. It wasn't taught to me, so it's not naturally there. So, because uh, <laughs> you kind of brought this up. Are you one of those that like have a whole full conversation by himself out loud? And then they like, what are you talking about? You be like, man, don't worry about it. But then you go back to having the conversation out loud again. And like, they're like, what is wrong with you? I do that. I do that now. Yeah. I have full blown conversations by myself. I, I reenact the whole, the whole thing. And then I have the conversation. Now, I don't do it out loud. Oh, know. okay. That's, well, that's a right. different level. I, just sit, I <laughs> sit back. I sit back. But I definitely tell people that, you know, if, if, if we're having a conversation, this might be the first time you having this conversation with me, but it's definitely not the first time I had this conversation with you. Mm-hmm. I done been through this. I done tested out every eventuality. I done Dr. Strange did. I done went through all the possibilities. <laughs> all the timelines. All the timelines. This is the one that's going to work best for me. So all the, the versions. That's that perfectionist in me. I just I wanted to go the way I wanted to go, so I gotta rehearse first. I got a um I got a confession, y'all. So y'all know black history is every day. So I had a coworker that was choking on a potato chip and I just sat there and watched him. I think I heard this. <laughs> I think I heard. <laughs> I don't know why I started laughing at the choking on the potato. There you go. That's what I said. <laughs> and I, <laughs> this just happened this week, big brother. Oh, I must be thinking about something. That you <laughs> you that, talk about your coworkers a lot, but go ahead. Yeah, go and ahead. he he was choking on the potato chip, and I just sat there and I just, I just, I just watched. It was like another. Uh, black satisfying moment. <laughs> <laughs> I literally sat there and just let him just work it out. That's just like it just. I'll wait and just see what happens. But that that's 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 my confession, y'all. I'm I'm a work in progress. Hey Joe, Joe, yeah. I, I think I think me me and you are going to be the ones that always have to come get these two. <laughs> <laughs> Between J Dot <laughs> and Will, oh, it's gonna be us two that have to always come get you. <laughs> we'll be like, which one is it? Was it this week? <laughs> which one? Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, is that guy that was uh, or this person that was choking on that? Does he? Uh, does that person listen to your show? <laughs> oh shoot! I didn't think of that. <laughs> they I have, but I probably not. But he's okay. He's okay. He's good. He, he, he made it. <laughs> he made it. Yeah, he made it. Yeah. You gotta let people work through stuff sometimes. Yeah, yell it up. Yeah, yeah, you gotta let it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he look you in your eye as you watched him? That's what I want to know. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he did. He was too busy choking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just want to kind of like the mood a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Anybody else want to confess anything? Anybody <laughs> got any other confessions? <laughs> I ain't do nothing like watch nobody. Die. I'm, I'm pretty good week. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so I think we kind of already answered this. The um, why is it so hard for for some men to fully give themselves to their to their woman? And I was, I, th- I thought about this. I think kind of it kind of goes a little bit with the affirmation part, just a little bit. When like, some some sometimes we look. I love you. I'm in love with you. What do you need? What do you want? What can I help you with? But I think we kind of like hold on to a little bit of ourselves, which I think all people do because you just can't give you you just can't surrender yourself to someone, you know, but I still feel like sometimes we do hold back. Whether it's that extra, I love you or it's that hold the hand or, you know, um, just, just, just little things. Do, do, do y'all feel like y'all may or could have? You no, know, you just, you just didn't fully just give, give everything to your woman. I, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking emotionally, y'all. Not, not financially. I'm talking emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking physically either. So let wait, me, let wait, me. Wait, 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 wait. I'm talking wait, physical. Who, who, who on here didn't give it all financially? <laughs> You got that secret account. Hey, Joe, you laughing kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I feel like I've, uh, I, I have, you know, I've, and you know what? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, where I've every time I, I feel that, oh, I could have said that, like you said, I love you more, or you know, it's I'm busy, man. Like mm-hmm. my head sometimes is just like super busy that I forget, and I have to stop myself. And I go, okay, I need to stop thinking of other things. And, and cause you know, when she, she'll text me like, Hey, I love you. And I'm like in the middle of all kinds of different things, man. And I, I forget. And I look at the text again and I'm like, Oh shit, that was 30 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I was like, Hey, I love you too. And I just feel like I do it. Cause sometimes I'm too busy and I have to just stop, you know, Hey, just stop. And then, uh, you know, think about, you know, think about her. You know what I mean? And, uh, I, I, I catch myself a lot doing that kinds of stuff. I, I try, I, I try, one of the things that I, that I said to myself when I got married to her was I, I'm going to try to be, do the same, be the same as the moment that I met her, meaning romantic. And, you know, if I buy her flowers every Friday, I'm going to stick with buying flowers every Friday. I try, you know what I mean? Like whatever little things that I do, I try to do, but sometimes, you know, life gets on the way, man, you know, kids and this and that and uh, work it's it's difficult, you know, and and I catch myself, you know, what I mean, I was like, oh man, and I was, oh well, you know, it is where it is. I'll get you flowers next week, you know, what I mean, but uh, I, I I try to stay on top of t- you know stuff stuff like that, but you know, we're we're human, man. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we're too busy, you know, and kids and picking up kids from daycare and doing this and doing that, and I mean, it's it's okay once in a while, you know, as long as you're 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 aware that. I need to do a little bit better next time. 
I think sometimes it comes in as, you know, sometimes men have abandonment issues. You know, I can't give you all of me just in case this doesn't work out. You know, you know, sometimes it, you know, that that's that's a big cause, you know, whether that whether they they know it or not, you know, just in case this doesn't work out. I'm not going to, I'm going to give you 98% of me. I need to hold on to this 2%. And as you know, sometimes you're, you're working out abandonment issues and you need to be able to recognize that and start trusting your wife, you know, with what she said in her vows, you know, that type of thing, or, you know, someone that you say, you know, if you and her are in a committed relationship heading towards that, start trusting it. Cause that's where the trust is going to be built. And I'll say it like this, you know, interrupt her day with an I love you interrupt her day it doesn't have to be sometimes you just need to interrupt your day with making her interrupting her day with that thing and I love you or I'm leaving work early you know that type of thing and let's just go do something for us you know what about the kids the kids can handle themselves I'm interrupting your day and I'm just going to just love on you today interrupt her day and, you know, and encourage her to interrupt your day. You know, I'm I'm a person where I believe that thing that you have has to stay alive and sometimes has to be prioritized over the bills, writing that check out for that night. I'm going to interrupt the night and the day. I didn't mean to go on that long, but yeah, interrupt, interrupt these, you know, her day. No, you, you good. Cause I, I totally get it. I know. Our day doesn't feel right if we don't do the kiss in the morning. You know, hey, I'm gone, the kiss before we leave. The day the day seems kind of it seems off. And then sometimes we may send like those random emojis, you know, the heart or you know, the kissy face, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Joe. Type type stuff, <laughs> <laughs> you know. What I'm talking about Joe, but I, yep. I, I get it, I get it. Dot. Yeah, I think a lot of it is stuff we we just not. I know for me it was stuff I wasn't aware of, like uh, you know, like I said, not having the example, not seeing it, not seeing a a relationship like that between a man and a woman in a home. You know, I didn't necessarily understand what those things were that you were supposed to do. Um, I didn't know I wasn't you know, doing certain things. I wasn't, I didn't know that I was supposed to. So I, I had no idea I wasn't doing it. And uh, I didn't know I needed it. I didn't know I wanted, you know, that stuff in return. I just, you don't know until you either get it and then you miss it or you, uh, well, I guess you just never find out. But um, yeah, I think a lot of it is we, we, we don't know. We're not, we're not taught a lot of this stuff. I had to read books on how to be romantic and and how to do certain things. I did, it wasn't a natural instinct. I didn't know. I didn't know to send flowers randomly. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And, and I had to lose a couple girlfriends. You never send me flowers. I, it never dawned on me I was supposed to. Okay, mm-hmm. now I know. You know. Um, but yeah, there, I think there's a lot of things out there we don't. There are parts of me that I didn't share with my wife because I wasn't in touch with them at that time. I didn't know where this stuff was coming from. I didn't know why I was acting this way. I couldn't share that with you or... Uh, reveal that to you because I, I didn't understand it and I needed to, you know, to go get that help and go work through myself first. You know, a lot of us enter relationships as not fully formed human beings. Like we're not ourselves yet. We don't even know ourselves yet. It's very hard to, to give yourself completely to somebody when you don't know who you are completely. And so True. I, I, think, 
I think that's important to, you know, before you can, before you can have that level of intimacy with another person, you need to know yourself that intimately. You need to understand yourself, you know, that completely. You know what you need, and then maybe you know that, you know, if I need this, maybe somebody else needs this too. I need to give this to her too. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that was where a lot of my mistakes came from. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And I thought I was doing everything right. So whenever you questioned me on it or made it seem like I was faltering somewhere, I got defensive. Like, I'm paying the bills. You you comfortable. You never have to worry about where this stuff comes from. You never, you never have to worry about how the lights, you know, stay on and all that kind of stuff. Like, what am I doing wrong? It was a lot I was doing wrong. I just didn't understand it. But you, you know, now this is for you, J-Doc. Like, you, you live and learn, right? I mean, yeah. that's why I feel that, uh, you know, I made all these mistakes. But I feel like I am like a 65-year-old dude in a 40-year-old body. You know what I mean? It's, I feel like I can, I can, I can provide, like, for instance, my children with a little bit more guidance because of all the bullshit that I've done, right? And, uh, but let me ask you a question. If you were to do it again right now, would you do things different? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that means, you know, that that we all are learning. You know what I mean? We're all learning together. You know, you're, you're learning on how to do those things that maybe you lacked on back in the day or whatever, but, but you're learning. You know what I mean? And that's that's a good thing about the process. There's people that they don't even learn nothing, man. They just don't give a shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> they just, they just, they're the same forever. But if you really want to change, you know, they, you, you, you go through your experiences and if, if you really want to change, you learn. Yeah. So that's good. You know, that's good that, that, you know, that you realize that, you know, where, where some things that, that didn't work out and, and you are conscious of it. And, and I think, for us, for us men, we have to be conscious of the things that, you know, that we failed at so we can try to you know, do them a little bit better, you know what I mean? Or, and that's, that's just the way of the, the learning process. Definitely. I'm sorry. I wasn't let out. I'm thinking about something as you're speaking. We're talking about growing. And though years, bef years bef before I had met Faye, Oh, I was an asshole in real life. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember this shit ain't funny. <laughs> I remember telling my ex girl, nothing lasts forever. I might wake up tomorrow morning and not love you. And the look she had on her face, at first I was just like, you know, it is what it is. It is. Nothing lasts forever. So basically, what I told her was, don't get comfortable. Mm. Well. <laughs> Safe space, big brother. No judgment. No judgment. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. I'm going to be the one like, look, I got to tell y'all something. Don't bring the big brother this time because he's going <laughs> to... Hey. Hey, but because like I'm I'm listening to Joe and I'm listening to Dot and and like I see my growth, and then you know you're like, well, would you do the same thing? It's like, well, maybe I don't know. 
<laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know because the same the person I am now ain't the person I was then. So I don't know. I don't know. And and that in that aspect, you know, it was it just you don't always have to be so cold blooded, Willie. You know, you just Damn boy, that's some cold blooded shit right there. Uh, so moving on. <laughs> um, you know one thing I always, I always wondered being being married. You know how we choose them, they choose us, right? That's that. Well, that's how it's supposed to go. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but. And then you know I want I did not think about like me, the complicated person, the the direct person, the um, going through all these changes. Then I'd be like, dude, what, what, why the fuck she even with me? Like, is 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 love really enough to stay together? It's it, it's supposed to be. I guess I don't know. I'm learning as I go, but it is love really enough for you to put up with my bullshit? <laughs> I mean, this is where I go into my old man Neanderthal bag. Like uh, the concepts of like commitment and marriage have just like eroded over time. People don't believe in it anymore. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean what it used to mean. Like. I told you I had a, a aunt and uncle, and you know when they got <coughs> up in years, up in years, I believe they hated each other. I believe they really <laughs> hated each other. <laughs> I, I didn't want to laugh. <laughs> I'm so. <laughs> but you hear about. But you hear about those but all so, the time. Yeah. You hear about those. Yeah. They they hated each other, but they lived. But they lived for the next sixty years together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I think about my situation. I know I wasn't. I know my wife was 100% justified in uh, in her decision to leave. But, you know, there are moments where I'm like, man, I said I as a man had to one day make the decision. It's just the last woman I could ever be with. You know, I'm going to be cool with that. And I made that decision. And I sat in front of my family and God. And I said, yes, I'm going to do this till death do us part. Mm-hmm. Here I am alive. She alive. Mm-hmm. We're not together. Wasn't like what did it mean when we said it? And, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I just I just think like uh, the whole ideas of like commitment and stuff are different these days, and and, and no love is not going to keep you together the whole time. But sometimes it is like I made that commitment to this person, mm-hmm. even though in those days where I can't stand them, I wish they would stop looking at me. I wish I can't stand the way they breathe. She chew too loud. All of that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Even on those days, like, but that's my wife. Mm-hmm. That's that's the person I decided to to spend the rest of this journey with, and you know, I'm gonna see that through. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I don't know if they'll mean <clears throat> you say that to people these days, and that's just the it's just the old Neanderthal way of thinking, and that's not it's not progressive, I guess, in some people's eyes. And that's kind of why I'm I'm out of the dating pool. Like, I don't I don't think what I'm looking for exists anymore. So I, I, I honestly feel like people just say I love you. They say it too easy now. Yeah. It's too easy to say I love you. Way too easy. I mean, there's 
I mean, I know there's supposed to be love in the world and, you know, we're brothers and sisters and all this stuff, but it's like, motherfucker, do you really love me? Do do you <laughs> do you really give a damn about me at the end of the day, you know? I I, I yeah, I just that that's my opinion on the word love. I don't, you know, it was random. Definitely, um, you definitely need more than love. I think. I mean, I think oh, overall, we're gonna go back to the beginning. I think you need patience <coughs> to have to deal with that other person. I think that's to me. I would think that's the most important thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, because yeah, you're gonna have love, right? You're gonna love each other, and sometimes you're gonna not love, not you know, hate each other, and be upset at each other, but you need patience. I mean, I don't think you can get get anywhere without having any patience you know, with your spouse. And, uh, you know, of course, there's a lot more stuff to it, right? Compassion and all the other stuff that comes with it and, you know, uh, all the memories, right? Keep you together, all the good memories and even bad memories. But I don't think love is enough. You know, and there is some people that say all you need is love, you know, like mm-hmm. the song. It's like, mm-hmm. well... <clears throat> yeah, maybe back in the fifties, you know, what I mean, or sixties. I mean, it's different now, man. Society is different now. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at our society now, and it's, you know, our, the marriage rate, the divorce rate is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's hard. And J Dot's right, man. It's hard to trust <clears throat> and put all your love and all your patience and all your compassion into one person, and that that person's gonna screw you over. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know that, you know what I mean? So that's why people live in fear now. That's why there's a lot less kids being born. And, you know, because people don't want to have kids anymore. It's like, screw this, you know what I mean? So I get it, you know what I mean? Uh, There's a lot more to it than just love. I was talking to my friend last night, and she was was talking about how married couples and couples, you know, period, you know, they posting pictures and they smiling and it's like, Y'all be making it look easy. I was like, this shit's not easy. This is a full-time job. Full-time, overtime. I mean, it's, the way I kind of broke it down to her, I was like, you're basically each other's child. Because you got (laughs) to, I mean, (laughs) you you have to look after each other. You got to make sure, you got to be patient with each other. You got to, you know, do, it's just so many levels to it because it takes so much work and at the end of the day no matter how much you you know hate them or don't like them it takes a lot of it takes a really you have to really put your pride aside to say i love you even after y'all have this big disagreement on where to eat or, <laughs> or just whatever, whatever the, because a lot of times, a lot of times, the the disagreements are usually something petty, or there's just something that we just don't understand, or it doesn't have anything else to do with the other person. We just taking it out on you because you're my person. I expect you to understand, but it, it's 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 kind of like you know you gotta have that patience that you do with your kids. Because you can't expect them to know everything. You can't expect them to feel what you feel. No, that that's had a I kind of I broke it down to her. That's like it's a lot of work. Yeah, there's big payoff. You know, you 
have a good time in the bedroom and you go out to eat and you ain't got to, you know, eat by yourself and, you know, how Reynolds talks about, you know, Lasartan and metformin and all that shit at breakfast. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, okay. it's, it's cool. It's dope, you know. <laughs> but but it, it takes work. At the end of the day, it takes work. Because a lot of times you do have to put your pride to the side to make shit. Sometimes it's to make it through the day. <laughs> you know, you got to put your pride to the side. You, you just do. And it takes a big person to just going through all that frustration, disagreements and stuff to say, hey, yeah, I, I love you. Or to still, to still want to touch them. You know, you you know the 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 you know you you touch each other's hands going down the hallway or give each other a hug while you roll over when you're in bed. It takes a big person. I mean, you really have to your maturity <laughs> as a person has to be there. It's not about knowing. It's not always about knowing because I didn't know shit. Fee's on her second marriage with me. So I don't know shit. I'm just doing shit. Is this how you like it? Is this how you like it? Like this? Like that? All right. You know? <laughs> but I'm just... <laughs> am I doing it right? You know what I'm saying? It, it, how am I doing? What's my grade? You a teacher? Come on, speak up. Shit. You want an apple? Sitting there all quiet. You know? <laughs> but I didn't... I, you don't know. But you have to learn, but you have to be patient with each other. And I'm just, I'm glad that she's been patient with me because <laughs> this battle, the, the, the little stories I've told y'all doesn't compare to some of the fuck-ups I done did. <laughs> they haven't been monument, but they, they've they been some fuck-ups, you know? But I accepted them. And I was like, hey, well, what should I have done? You know that that that's the that's the difference when you when you're in a marriage when you when you're in love with someone not when you love them I love my dog I'm not in love with my dog but when you're in love with someone it's a different level. I'm glad you brought that up because that that was my ex-wife's go-to move. We had the biggest you know fallout, biggest argument, and then she hit me with it. You still love me? Like, God damn it, yeah, that's not what I want to say to you right now. Like, don't yeah, don't do that. Don't force me to love you right now. I'm not in the mood. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big brother. Um, I guess I'm gonna be the odd man out. <laughs> <laughs> love is enough. If you give the person space to change and they give you space to change and grow, because you gotta remember. Everyone's not the same every day. You're not the same person you were last week. So if you're trying to love you, love them the same way, you know, you're confining them to that box of love that I loved you at this stage. So is love enough? I believe so. If you give the person enough room to change and give yourself enough grace to relearn how to love this, the person as they grow. So love is enough, but along with love, responsibility. You know, love is, you have to be responsible in love. You know, you're responsible for how you deal with their feelings and they're responsible for how they deal with your feelings. And when you start to, this one woman said the most beautiful thing one time where she said, 
love is like a house where every now and then you have to redecorate it. So if you kind of look at like your love as every now and then you got to do, you know, you got to pull some things up and put some new things down and look at it that way. And when you handle it with responsibility and love, with that growth and space to relearn each other and give each other space to change. I think love is enough. And yes, people say it easily, but those are the same people who don't even know what love is. But when you take the time to learn what love is between you and who you're with, I think love mixed with responsibility is enough. It's just that sometimes, some days you have to wake up and decide to do the work because some days you wake up and like, you know what, I don't. I don't feel like doing this work today, but you have to make that decision every day. That's the, that's the kind of way I, I look at it. Let me give you enough space to change. Let me understand you may not be the, the hot thing today. And I may not be the hot thing today, but I'm going to love who you are today and we'll take tomorrow tomorrow, but I'm in this and I'm going to be responsible. Okay. Hmm. All right. Before we wrap this up, I got a, uh, I got one more. So I had, I put out a question to the queens, asking them what what is something that they always want to ask their significant other, but they never have. It can be ex, past, present, future, whatever. You know, women they have this ultra world in our head so <clears throat> one one asked why can't some men say it's over and leave instead of having their cake and eat it too so i want to ask y'all fellas what well, what's some you don't got you ain't gotta get personal it can be something random about why they feet look the way they look uh, what what is something you always wanted to ask your significant other but never have? Got to think about that. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a tough one. Men don't do this. Don't. <laughs> wait, wait. That's wait, why. That's why we here. Like, Joe's like, I live with her. I can't. <laughs> well, I, I from Joe. <laughs> I, I had already <laughs> I had I kind of had already had asked that question. It was basically, am I enough? Is is am I enough? Is our love enough for us to continue? You know, am I worth it? Because I'm sure it, anybody and everybody can have their choice of who they want to be with if they want to be with them. That word at right, so I mean it's not like she has to stay with me, and it's not like I have to stay with her. But obviously, there's a reason why we're staying, we're sticking together, we're staying together because we, we're in love, we love each other. You know what I mean? That's that's my person, vice versa. But at the same time, I have a little bit of doubt in my mind. Is during my growth, is am I am I really? Is is this is this fatherhood? Is this marriage? Is this is this really where I need to be at right now? You know what I mean? So, so now I'm going to give it back to y'all. 
Hopefully, it gave y- gave y'all enough time to make up a lie. Or <laughs> <laughs> man, I guess maybe I should have been thinking that way. I, I just never did. Like it, it just always, it was weird to me. It's like you know, I, I, I proposed to you. I married you. You know, I'm here. Good days, bad. Days. Yeah, of course, you do things I don't like, and you do things that upset me. You know, but you was probably doing those things before we got married, and I made the decision that. This outweighs that. Mm-hmm. So on a day-to-day basis, you know, I deal with whatever comes, and I'm good. Like ninety percent of our arguments were something that I wasn't doing. It's like I'm constantly figuring out, you know, what it is that you need. But for me, I made the decision that you were what I needed a long time ago, and and we good. Yeah, we just maintain some sort of homeostasis in there, you know. And I'm good. I maybe I should have been thinking about, you know, what I needed, you know, to be happier or something like that, but I, I, I was just, I was, I, I don't know if this is a lot of men, but for me, I was just trying to coast. I just wanted us to get to a point where we can coast. We mm-hmm. just, just, we just making it. We maintaining. Everything is good. Like, I'm not, don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be, you know, the, the, my, my queen every day. Some you're going to have off days. I'm going to have off days, but I decided a long time ago that I'm going to balance the good with the bad, and I'm fine, and yeah, I've never really given a lot of thought to that question. I guess, see, for me, I was I was one of those ones who said he wasn't gonna get married. I was ten toes down. I'm I'm not getting married. You know what I mean? Now I'm, we we could shack up, you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you come and go. Here, you know, here, right there. that's an old word. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's your key. You come, you know, or whatever. So when I di- when I finally made the decision that I was and I did get married, I was going to give you 1000%. So if I know I'm giving you 1000% of me and if it doesn't work, I know I did the best that I could. And I'm okay with that. Joe. I think uh I don't know, man. I would ask, um, is this what you pictured your life to be? And for them to answer me truthfully. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some people are not going to answer you truthfully because they don't want to hurt you. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, so I, I, of course, it's, you avoid the question, right? So you just don't want to hear it because you don't want to know. Because it could be like, nope. You know, so then, damn, that sucks. You know what I mean? But uh, I think that's what I would, that's what I would like. You know, this is what you actually pictured. You know, that's what I would ask. Okay. I would have to say I would ask, are you okay doing some of the heavy lifting on the days or the times or the seasons that, I may be going through something or I may not be as loving to myself. Are you okay to do some of the heavy lifting? Not to say it will always be, but sometimes, you know, would you be able to do it on those times when I'm not where I need to be? Would you be able to take up a couple extra percentages of this relationship and hold it up as I get myself together? And are you brave enough to tell me 
when I'm not holding up my share of this relationship. I was I was told last night by my um my female friend that <clears throat> she said we gotta learn she's was speaking as a woman. We gotta learn how to handle pressure before pressure arrives. So I took it as a, as many men that needs to work on themselves, there's also as many women that need to work on themselves. And I think that's why there's, you, you keep hearing about, hey man, this single life is hell. The dating life is hell right now because everybody's just kind of just do what they want to do. And, you know, that, that there's, there's no structure no more. You know, and she was also kind of, she was also telling me how back in the days when we was younger, guys liked it when the women was just as hard as they were emotionally. So now the female, not the female, the women are still in that hard tone. So it's kind of hard for them to soften up now because they're so used to being the way that the men had liked them. And I thought that was I thought that was kind of interesting because she she's single and she's like, it's rough out here. But she said at the same time, I still have to be hard because these motherfuckers are crazy. You know, they just, you know, they, you know, they say she's like, you can't even say certain things to them because they 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 don't know how to take it you know if you being if you be honest with them they get offended because they don't understand what you're saying or you got some guys who don't say nothing they just sit over in the corner and just stare at you until they ready until you're ready to go get in the mood so it's just like it's not really like a win-win it's not you know, it's not a win-win situation out here. It's, it's it's pretty rough. Like the ocean has way more fish in it, and there's no no they they everybody's just just swimming around, just going different places. <clears throat> but you got to kind of look. Hmm? Oh no, I was gonna say you know everyone is complaining that you know it's rough out here. But what are you doing? How are you coming at it? How are you coming at each other? And then, you know, you said women feel as though they have to be hard all the time. I This is just me. And please, nobody fire back at me who's listening to this. How are you approaching the woman that you're interested in? Are you approaching them in the, you know, the structure of how you perceive you want the relationship to go? Are you taking the initiative? Are you setting the plans? Are you going to go get the woman? Are you going, are you dating how you perceive you want dates to go? Or are you just laying back in the cut and make, letting the woman do all the initiating? So yeah, if she has to do all that, maybe that's why she's showing up as, you know, more assertive. Uh, What did she say? She, she was, no. We came to an agreement that a lot of men are not really themselves. They've taken on this persona. 
that they need or have to be a certain way instead of just being themselves. So if you if you a sensitive guy, you a sensitive guy. You know, if if, if if you, you know, an in-between guy where, yeah, he he's a big guy, but he's, you know, kind of, he's soft-spoken, then, then be that. You don't have to walk around. You don't have to be hard 24-7. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You, you, you can let your guard down. You can be yourself. Yeah, and then until they feel as though they can trust you, they're mm-hmm. going to, well, you know what they always say, the first 90 days, anyone who's dating is not sh- sending themselves. They're sending the, um, their ambassador, mm-hmm. the representative. Mm-hmm. So you got to wait. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that happens, Greg, because, you know, I've I've been vocal about it. Like, I'm I'm, I'm retired. I'm on the bench. Like, I, I look at the dating pool, and it's uh, – yeah, it's, it's it's too much for me. I don't I don't understand the new rules to the game. I don't understand, uh, you know, these mentalities. I've been on these these dating websites, and um, and you very, you know, you could be very, you know, very right, big brother. Like you know, it's possibly you know my approach, and uh, I think I've just decided you know, if it is my approach, then I'm good. I'll just I'll just I'll just stay out. Like, uh, yeah, nothing means what it used to mean, and. Um, I am very much like a spades face up type of person. Like Omar, <coughs> excuse me, I'm too old. Like you know, the my, my cards are on the table. This is this is who I am. Um, I'm not sending an ambassador. I don't even know how to dress up an ambassador. Anymore. I don't know how to. I don't know how to put the face on for you anymore. So it, you know, this this is me, and uh, you know, I'm at a point now. It it. We don't even need to be in love. If I can look at you and you and it's me, me and you forever, like we can, if we can say that and mean that, me and you forever, whatever, regardless of what happens, me and you, I'll probably run with that. Like, I don't, you know, we, we'll figure out love somewhere down the line, but, you know, can I, I can trust you, you can trust me, I right, bet, let's go. But that, I don't think that, uh, it feels like that doesn't exist. I don't want to say it doesn't exist because I think, you know, people say stuff like that and the more you start believing that the thing you're looking for is not out there, you're manifesting that. that that becomes true you start you start convincing people that you know the type of woman that that you want doesn't exist anymore so they don't feel the need to ever have to be that the kind of person looking for that person um, isn't looking anymore so why should i try to be that person anymore so uh, i don't want to say that but yeah it's 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 crazy out here um yeah i, I never thought i'd be back in a dating pool i thought i was i was out the game and i was happy about it Looking at it, you know the way it stands now. Just like I, I don't have the motivation to want to participate in the craziness. Like you know, I've, I've been abstinent several years now, and uh, I get a lot done. So <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good. You know, maybe if God sends one that He had to stand in front of me, I'd have to see a manifestation of God in front of me saying, "I made this one for you, plan." And then even then, I would look and be like, "Hey, big brother, did you see that?" <laughs> That's where I am right now. I, I, I'd like to find somebody. I'd like to find somebody I could hate in 30 years. But. He, said, been, <laughs> <laughs> he said, I've been fasting for 30 days. Is, is, this, is this real? <laughs> so, <clears throat> well, I was going to ask you. But I, I think you already answered it. Uh, so I, I guess you're not, you, you wouldn't get married again, right? 
or would you get married again? I think that's the only thing I would do. Like, I, if, if I date, I'm dating with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, that needs to be understood from from the, the from day one. That like, I, my goal for this is a forever thing. Like, I'm not looking for casual. I'm not looking for casual anything. I've been married. I miss it. I do miss, like you said, like just having somebody, just having somebody there. I used to reach over at night and just like touch my wife, mm-hmm. you know, just just to make sure she was still there. And like that was enough to calm me down in any sort of like anxious moment that I may have been having. So I'm I'm looking for that. And uh until the time comes that I think that that's a real possibility for me, I'll just you know, I'll, I'll stay on the bench. I can't yeah, and all of- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, that was just real quick. I was going to say all of us on here sound like we do work on ourselves. And because of that, even, you know, I know that you two are married. It's more like because you work on yourself and you strive to just be the better person. And, you know, we should want and strive to love and be loved. So I just wanted to throw, to throw, that, to throw that out there. So, yeah. Yeah. I, oh, no, you, 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 you are correct. Um, I was going to say that the type of marriage that I'm in, I can't even, I don't know if I can even answer this question without the thoughts of maybe waking up with a bruised rib or I don't, I don't, she, she may, she may put a hole in my CPAP holes. I don't know. Um, so Joe, you, if you want to, I, 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 I can't, I can't. It, this is a happy home. I'm just asking y'all the questions. I I I wasn't going to answer it. I'll just <laughs> Joe was like, "Don't put it on me. I got a happy home." I don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, I I don't know. Ask it. Ask me that question again. Would you ask me that? Would 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 you would you uh? Would you want to get married again? Basically, if, I mean, in the event of whatever may happen, you know, yeah. okay. needed to hear it again because it's, it's when you when you hear it again, it's come out with an answer here. Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? I I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, it, it depends on the on my on on the on the age that I would be at if something was to. Go to yeah. shits. Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, uh, cause I'm 42 right now. So if we talking like 60, I, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like J Dot. You know what I mean? Like, I, I agree with this. I, I, you would have to like put somebody there that I know it's gonna work. Cause other than that, I won't. I, 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 you know, it's, it's hard. You know what I mean? Spend all that time and then. I have to start all over. I have to start all over. I have to start all over. And it's like, uh, I, I don't know. I would have to really think about, like, am I doing the right choice? Is this the right choice? Uh, if something was to fall through, you know, I'd, it would be really hard to restart all over again. I, I, I think at a certain age, you know, sometimes you get to like, man, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And uh, I, I, say, I say that I agree with you about the age part, but I also will have to think about what emotional toll I went through 
because I already know for like the last whatever years we was married or whatnot, I was already working on myself with you. So now you're not here. So it's like, well, shit, did I just wait? Did I waste all that energy working on myself? Yeah. You know, <laughs> even though I'm a better person, I'm a better person at the end of the day. But it's like, well, shit, that's a lot of work and energy. And then we haven't even talked about the emotional toll that I may go through. You know, whether she passes away or we get divorced, I mean, there's still going to be some type of emotional toll that I may not, I may not be able to recover from. I think it stacks up, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a relationship after relationship. And I think some, some people, some of us, some people, if you go through a relationship and then you, say it doesn't work i feel like sometimes we jump in it without fixing ourselves without going through it ourselves and then we now we carry stuff from the other relationship to the next relationship Mm -hmm. and now you're trying to fix two relationships and now you go to a third relationship but you never had time to actually work on yourself and i think that we do a lot we do that a lot Mm -hmm. Uh, until you're actually good with yourself and you're like you know what i I'm done with this. I'm good. Then I think, you know, having a second, another relationship is good, you know, like trying, trying for it. But yeah, if you can't fix one, if, if you're screwed up from the first one, man, and you go to the next one, you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be hard if you, if something happens on that second one, because now you got a battle too. Yeah. Two things that you, now you have a lot more stuff to work on. And, and, and that's what I mean. It's like, if at a certain age, it didn't work out. You're gonna have to spend a lot of time fixing whatever it is that you need to, you know, work on working on yourself before you even get to think about having, you know, starting all over again. I could see me like in Oklahoma being like a Walmart greeter. Like I just mysteriously just <laughs> showed up. Being, like this is I just I left everything behind and I'm mysterious. <laughs> and now I'm in Oklahoma somewhere as a Walmart greeter checking receipts <laughs> with a highlighter. <laughs> and then maybe, you know, some, you know, lady may catch my eye and now we're sharing um, Stouffer's lasagna in her <laughs> in her <laughs> liver room, <laughs> you know, drinking some cheap wine from Walgreens. I don't know. I can see that. I can see that. If it, it, well, if, think of, huh? Think about this. I didn't mean to cut you off, but think about this. So you're working on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. How about that other person? Mm-hmm. So now you got, now you got their shit. Mm-hmm. And then you have your shit. Mm-hmm. And if they haven't worked on their shit and you haven't worked on yours, shit. Yeah, it's all, it's just a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's Joe wisdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know emotionally, I will be able to recover. Like I'm, I mean, recover as in wanting to get married or get involved with someone else. I may just be like, man, I'm just gonna get me a dog. I'm gonna get me another dog. I'm gonna get me an RV, and I'm gonna just get me a job in random 
parts of the country. I'm gonna start in Oklahoma, then I'm gonna, you know, go to Oregon and just I'm gonna just roam the earth like jewels from Pulp Fiction. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> hey J hey J Dot. Now every time I see somebody in Walmart checking receipts, <laughs> are you divorced? <laughs> are you have a stove for tonight? Yeah. <laughs> are you roaming the country? <laughs> you need a hug. <laughs> Everything okay. Oh shit. Yeah, this was dope. This was dope. I'm glad I'm glad there was no tears tonight. We 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 held it together. We made it through it. I appreciate y'all. So this is the. Do y'all, do y'all got any anything y'all want to add or any questions before we wrap up? I'll just say this. I, th- I think that last section was important for like women to hear because I don't. I I really don't think women think that like relationships affect us. Like I think even when they know you're in love with them, they somehow feel like you know you'll just bounce back. It's not gonna bother you that uh, that things didn't go the right way. And uh, like yeah, just to hear that, yeah, we we carry this stuff with us too. We have mm-hmm. issues with it too. And you talking about you know needing time to re- if you could recover mm-hmm. from you know the loss or something like that, you know, like y'all ladies send us y'all y'all the reasons we end up and when you see that like you said, big brother, when you see that man checking receipts at Walmart, <laughs> no, some woman did that. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Damn. Who did this to you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because that there's times that there's times I don't think feed. Knows how much like you, could, you Joe, you ever, you ever like want to like aggressively tell your wife you love her, but out making it seem like you don't lost your mind. Yep. Like I love you, just you know, just grab her by the <laughs> st- shake the shit. I love you, and just, just <laughs> sometimes you gotta do that. <laughs> you, you do, you do, but it's just like sometimes. Because we're men, we don't know how to get all those feelings out. It's like it's like we it's like we we have uh, what do you call those uh, roid rage. We just you start <laughs> I love you, and you know she's like, "What is wrong with I love you?" You know, it's, and she's like, "Okay, whatever, go sit down, go play your game. I'm not doing this with you," you know. I get it. <laughs> Sometimes just walk up behind her while she's brushing her teeth and just whisper it to her, real mm-hmm. creepy, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I love you, Ryan. I love you, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now make sure you floss. <laughs> I hate I love you like I, what? What did you say? I hate that I love you like this. That, that was the that was the term that I heard. I hate that I love you like this. Uh huh. Mm. Well, brothers, kings, go ahead and do your shot or do your um do your shows. Let let the people know where they can find these dope shows. Do your thing. You gotta pick somebody, but uh, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Flan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I am uh, J. Flan, host of the What Is TWS podcast. I drop episodes every Monday. Um, it's a show just basically about my personal journey, a recovering alcoholic, black father, washed up rapper, just uh, my unique perspective on life. You can also catch me now on uh, self-care Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern, um, doing some of my more recovery-based 
uh, shows during that uh, on Opulence Radio. Sorry, so opulenceradio.com. They got an app, or you can listen to the the uh, the radio station via the website. Always something dope going down there. So please check out Opulence Radio. But yeah, you can find me Self Care Sundays at uh, one p.m. Eastern. Joe. Yeah, so this is Joe, uh, Bull Talk by Joe podcast, and uh, you can listen to my show on Spotify, Amazon, Good Pots, all those uh, everywhere, anywhere you can, you know, you listen to your to music or anything like that. I'm I'm in there. YouTube, and I'm trying to push YouTube. YouTube's hard to try to get, you know, try to get going. But uh, I go to Bull Talk by Joe, and and the podcast is there also. Um, it's about society and culture and I uh, just give my opinions on, on, on different things, you know, that's happening around the world or, uh, talk about myself, about the stuff that I've, I've gone through, uh, just to try to try to do, give a purpose to my show, you know, so we can, uh, have a show where we all can, uh, how can I put it? It's a show where I want everybody to if you listen to it, you're like, ah, okay. You know, we agree. We agree on something or I understand what that guy's trying to say. You know what I mean? So. What? Big brother. <clears throat> I'm the resident big brother, host of big brother advice podcast, the place for good advice and encouragement, you know, just encouraging you where you are and encouraging you to keep moving forward. It's a, the show is just all about, making you look at your life and understand that you have a life to live and to live it well, not telling you how to live it, but always just a place of kindness and just encouragement and just empathy. You can catch the show wherever you get your podcast. So just remember Big Brother Advice, and I'm the host of Resident Big Brother. Dope. Y'all make sure y'all check out these dope kings. Uh, I know me and Flan... Joe, you 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 release on Mondays too, right? Yeah, I was doing uh, Mondays and Thursdays, so okay. Thursday will be like the bonus show. So that's why I don't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you see it on Thursday, that means it's bonus. It's a okay. bonus show. I try doing like a weekend thing just to do anything other than Monday. It's just a bonus. It's a just a bonus episode. Okay, so Mondays, me, Flynn, and Joe drop, and then Thursday mornings. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but it needs to be a little bit sooner than um, seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, is when Big <laughs> Bro- Big Brother drops his episode. Hey, y'all want to know one of one of things that I find funny is do y'all ever pay attention to when Big Brother responds on on Twitter <laughs> with people? Hey, man, listen to your show. It's dope. Hope you found encouragement. Thumbs up. But then he just sleeps. <laughs> It's like the it's like the most subtle. <laughs> yeah, because I just I just hope that like I was, I always say you know I just hope that you were encouraged by it. You know, with so much going on, that's the way. That's the, that's why my response to it. Like, oh, I hope I hope you found it encouraging. I hope you listened to the one that you really need to hear that day. It just tickles me because because it, it's just like thumbs up. It's like oh, found encouragement. I'm out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, kings and queens, till next time. But that's the culture. Crack a bottle. Hard to deal with the pain. We are sober. By tomorrow, we forget the remains. We start over. That's the problem. Our foundation was trained to accept whatever follows.
Dehumanized, insensitive, scrutinized the way we live for you and I. Enemy shook my hand, I can promise I'll meet you. In a land where no equal is your equal, never say I ain't told you. Nah, in a land where hurt people hurt more people, fuck calling it culture.